Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream, Starkville's most well-known local business, and I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about even before these past couple of weeks, everybody in the in the SEC, man, they know Strange Brew Coffee House. A lot of people, that, that's their first stop when they get to Starkville, and if people who aren't state fans are doing it, well, then you need to be doing it too. Get your morning started the right way at Strange Brew Coffee House. Not only great beverages, but they've got great baked goods as well, breakfast sandwiches, whatever you need to get your day started. You can get it going at Strange Brew Coffee House. And then in the afternoon, a little frozen treat to, yeah, you deserve it. You deserve something from Churn and Spoon. You deserve it, Joel. You deserve it even. I wish I could get I you to, to I wish I could get you to do it. I wish I could get you to you know, be like, you know what, Brian, you're right. I deserve a delicious ice cream sundae. Well, I mean, people treat themselves different ways. I just choose to treat myself with the delicious... Treat yourself! The delicious taste of blueberry cobbler on the other side of the building. So, I mean, if, if ice cream's your thing, they got you covered. Caffeine's your thing, they got you covered. You're right. They got you covered. And it's all good stuff over at Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner, collegecornerstore.com. That's the place where Bulldog fans shop. The biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise in central Mississippi. There just isn't a place that's giving you as many choices for logo wear as College Corner is. They've got everything covered. Shirts, hats, polos, stuff for the kids, stuff for mom, stuff for dad, stuff for around the house. It's all there. If it's maroon and white, if it's M State, if it's M over S, they've got you at College Corner. Whew. I thought I was going to sneeze there for a second. Sorry. Uh... Our good friends over at Humble Taco, they had a great weekend because, like I said on yesterday's show, it, a lot of local businesses were, were enjoying having people back in town on uh, this past weekend. Let's keep that going this weekend when Kentucky comes to count, comes to town on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Humble Taco should definitely be one of your stops. Mississippi, I'm sorry, Mexican food with a Mississippi roots, and it is fantastic food up and down the menu. So many great options. For meat eaters, for vegetarians, for kids, if you just want to go in there and have a drink, they've got a great selection of those. Great patio, great atmosphere. There's just nothing wrong with this choice. It's one of the best new restaurants, and one of the it's going to be one of the best restaurants in Starkville for a long, long time. These are the guys who brought Ben 612 and Restaurant Tyler to town. Those are some of your favorites already. This is going to join those and be one of our local landmarks. Don't miss a trip to Humble Taco. Joel, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to talk a little baseball in the second half of the show. Let's talk a little football today, though. Why not? We haven't really we haven't really delved, other than this positional breakdowns, really delved into the spring and some of the things we want to talk about. I've got three players, Joel, that I think need to have big springs that they, they, they can push themselves into having big falls. We're going to talk about that. Joel does not know who my players are. I do not. 
That way he can uh, he can react and give me his thoughts immediately. That's all I like. I like to keep Joel on his toes. All right. I don't. I don't. You know. I like to challenge him. Joel could be the wet blanket a little bit here and he could. ask the question: Does spring really even matter all that much? I but, think when it's uh, <laughs> when you haven't had a spring in two years, it kind of matters. matters. Yeah. I saw an interesting thing. I saw an interesting thing. Martin Emerson, rising junior, never had a spring practice at Mississippi State. Was not an early enrollee, and then spring last year obviously was canceled. I mean, think about that. That is an odd thing. Yeah, he's heading into his third season. Yeah. And hadn't had a spring. That's pretty weird. It is. It is. So, let's talk about uh, these guys that I've got. And the first one on my list, you know, I know he was up and down through the years, but Osiris Mitchell was a, a receiver from Mississippi State that caught a lot of passes over the last couple of seasons. Somebody's got to step in and replace him. From a, you know, size perspective, I think Caleb Ducking is that guy. He's the guy that we heard a little bit about last year that, you know, he looked good in practice, but he was ineligible to play. Um, Obviously, his junior college stats are not great because he played at a he played at a school that threw the ball like fifteen times total. I think he caught six of their fifteen passes, something like that. But six foot four receiver can be that vertical threat, can be a red zone threat that the Bulldogs need. But you know, when you haven't played, now you're talking about a guy you know didn't play much in JUCO in terms of catching the ball a lot, and then had to take an entire year off of playing because he was ineligible. I think these repetitions are, are very uh, crucial for his development. He's a guy I think, when when Mike Leach talks about receivers, I want to hear Caleb Ducking's name being brought up. Well, hey, if you were joining us on the press conference Saturday, his name was brought up yes. a, a little bit. So uh, I, I think you're right. It's, it's, it's huge for him. But it's huge for everyone that's kind of alongside and behind him too. Um, Jaquarius Spivey. I mean, is he going to have a big role or not? Mm-hmm. Supposedly I, down to about 225 pounds, yeah. trying to be more of a receiver than a tight end. So, I mean, if he's going to play outside receiver and things, oh, huge for him too. I think Makai Polk is kind of right now running behind ducking, I believe, a little bit. And I mean, is he? can he overtake him? Can he, you know, take reps away? I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to shake out. I think you could make a case for any of those guys, I guess is what I'm saying. That that position group. Because the other side, I believe, is Malik and Tulu still. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, I, I don't really know why State couldn't run with like Malik on one side, Tulu on the other. I guess you could do that. <laughs> I, it doesn't seem to be that. It's the way it's, they're doing things at the moment. It's but. very interesting to me that in this offense that the, the receivers, the pieces aren't more interchangeable than they are. It really is, if you're an outside receiver, you are an outside receiver. And that's where Tulu is. Which with, with Malik Heath on Malik, one side. Right, like, right. I, I don't know why you couldn't have Tulu and Malik both. I don't understand. There's that. It, and and, you, and then no, nobody's moving inside either. Yeah. You know, there's never a situation where it's like, I'm going to put Tulu uh, on the, in the slot. Which is to me would be his natural position, but it's very odd to me. Yes. So, but anyway, back to ducking. Yes, yeah. we heard a lot about him before last year mm-hmm. that he may be an instant impact type guy, and now you're heading into year two. Well, the impact wasn't so instant. Um, can he do something this spring to to work himself? In? I mean, he's at a group where it's possible. I guess is what I was trying to say a minute ago. When you look at Spivey, 
Look, Spivey can be a contributor. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think Spivey's a guy you circle and be like, oh, he's he's definitely going to get a ton of reps. You know? Right. Same, same for Polk coming into a new system. and th- You can't circle his name and be like, oh, he's definitely going to get a ton, ton of reps. Whereas on the other side, I feel pretty comfortable in saying Malik Heath and, and Tulu Griffin's going to play a lot. You know, I I think that side is a little more established than where Ducking and company are. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if Caleb Ducking has a huge spring, it'd go a long way towards him – you know, maybe being at the top of that depth chart at one of those outside slots come September the whatever. Well, you don't know it right off the top of your head? I don't. That's okay. I don't either. Don't feel bad. It may even be like August 31st or so. I don't know. I think it's <laughs> September. I'm pretty sure it is. When you look at uh, the stats from a season ago, and you look at uh, Errol, Th- I'm not Errol, Errol Thompson, geez. Osiris Mitchell, 47 catches for 505 yards. The catches is fine. It's the yards. You want to see... I mean, from a guy who, you know, I think was supposed to be the, the vertical threat and could go over the top a little bit and had the size. I mean, I'd, I'd rather that, that number be closer to 13 yards per catch. You know, two or three, 12 yards per catch, something like that. And people are going to say, well, that's not, that's a, that's a big deal. On 47, it's another 100 yards. You know, if he had had 47 catches for 605 yards, that's a big deal. So, can Ducking be that guy? Again, I feel like we have to point this out. Maybe for the next couple of years until we all understand it. Because, and, and I'm not insulting our listeners. I'm saying I don't get it quite. I have to remind myself. But State's going to have six-plus guys around the 40-catch range or more. You know, last year, you had Marks with 60, Wally with 52, Mitchell with 47, Williams with 43, Malik Keith had 37. So that's five. And Dylan Johnson had 36. So that's, there's there there you go, and they would have probably and, and Javante Payton was well on his way to that before he got injured. He had 19, and he, I don't think he played in the last what four or five games, or if he played, he played yeah. very sparingly. Yeah, and keep in mind that was you know 10 game regular season too. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, in a regular in a 12 game season, I mean you probably add another probably another 10 catches per guy. Yeah, around 45 to 50. Yeah, Mark's been around, around 70 guy. catches. By the way, seven, 60 catches for 268 yards. One of the all-time stats right there. And he averaged more yards per catch than Dylan Johnson did. Who had Dylan Johnson had a good day on the ground in a season of catching footballs. 36 for 157. <laughs> you think about two years ago, I mean, like Kyle, if I said Kylan Hill had 36 carries for 157 yards, that's a pretty good day. That's a whole season of catches now for some reason. Um, and also, Kylan had 23 catches in the, the what, the four games, three games? Three games, that, yeah. Two. Or two. That's two right after games. Kentucky was... Because he got hurt in the second play of the Arkansas game. So, yeah. Ducking could be a guy that could slide right in. Because that's the only name that's missing, right? Marks is back. Johnson is back. Wally is back. Williams is back. Heath is back. Peyton is back. Mitchell's the only guy missing. Somebody's got to be him. I think what you're going to get with Tulu Griffin is another guy. Not He's not replacing production. He will add production. production. Yes, that makes sense. I think that Mitchell's production gets replaced by Caleb Ducking. We'll see. You know, their their profiles are sort of similar too. Sort of out of nowhere, guys. You know, remember Mitchell was signed uh, late in the sixteen season. He was part of that group. Him and Reggie Todd, the, that state just had a couple extra scholarships and found those guys, um, and then it turned it into a pretty successful pretty career. Yeah. I, I mean, mean superstar. No, but he was a solid. I mean, he was. Basically, for the last three you know years, he was. 
He was the MSU basketball team this past season. If I take my preseason expectations, if I took my expectations of Osiris Mitchell when he signed versus his actual college production, he was fantastic. fantastic. But if I look at it game by game, I, so I come across that Florida game where he drops the touchdown and here, there, and other. But for a guy that you signed in July who had no other Power 5 offers, he ended up being a pretty decent receiver for you. So Can Caleb Ducking be that guy? We're going to find out. Uh, my second guy is Deshaun Page. I feel like, you know, of, of all of MSU's signees last year, I think, he, you know, because I'm not counting the transfers, because I know Jalen Green's going to have a big opportunity in Makai Polk and so on. But Deshaun Page is the guy who, I mean, in a perfect world, he would come in and immediately start at that middle linebacker. And I think that's what they would like for him, between him and Watson. But for him to come in and be, a, be an immediate impact guy, State's linebacking core. I mean, there's not a lot of depth there. You know, you know you've got Watson. Brule, Watson, Brule, Wheat. Wheat. And then after that, question, question, question. Question, question, question. They need Page to be that guy, but he's got to start showing it here in the spring. Because, I mean, obviously he's, he's working with the Zach Arnett, who is not going to tolerate <laughs> any less than the best. I think Deshaun Page, I mean, it's a guy who had Power 5 offers, played at EMCC, so you know he played against really good competition in junior college. I, I think that he needs to have a big spring to go ahead and solidify himself in that rotation of linebackers uh, come fall. Yeah, the, the the only thing I would say to – I don't even think it's negating what you said. is just that you have so few options is it's kind of like, well, he's going to get a chance no matter what kind of spring he has because who else are you going to put there? You know, if I tell you that Deshaun Page is not going to be a part of things, well, then you're going on down the list and you're getting into – you know, sounds like I'm trying. To, I'm not making fun of these guys, but like Jet Johnson, for instance, a guy that hadn't played hardly at all. It doesn't seem his Mississippi State career. You know, if Deshaun Page didn't play in and things like that, then those are the guys that you're elevating. It just seems like a position where, no matter what happens this spring, come September, you're gonna have to roll some of them out there and just see what you got. Yeah. And uh, but it does feel like Deshaun Page would have a leg up on just about anyone that would be considered a backup linebacker, given right. his background, given his recruiting profile. Um, and I think he could certainly solidify himself as backup option A, right? for sure. I mean, when you, you get Pat, you know, and even Watson didn't play a ton last year. Outside of Brule and Wheat, we have we did Sean Page, Demonte Russell, yeah. who hasn't played yet, uh, Rodney Gross Jr. And yeah. I, I think maybe... Moving to the end, probably. maybe. I mean, he's six four and two sixty, but we'll see. Um, Pulling the Jordan Davis move. We mentioned we mentioned Rodney Gross, guy who redshirted last season, um, and then Jet Jet Johnson, who you mentioned, and that's really it. You know, they've got Nick Jarrett on there, who's a who's a squad member, a walk on. Grossy Rodney, Gro- is it Grossy? Grossy Gross? I don't know. You guys, know I should know the answer to that, but I. As we sit here, and you know what's funny is MSU offers a pronunciation guide for a lot of guys, and he's but, not on. But there. he's not on there. Well, that would lead you to think that it. Well, I don't. I was going to say that would lead you to think it'd be the common. But how would? What's common with that? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Rodney. We'll just call him Rodney. The Rod Squad. We'll call him that. <laughs> but regard. No, that's an Ole Miss thing. It you know, is. Uh, that Rod Evans. That's the first thing I taught. Uh, Rod Barnes. Wasn't it? Rod. Yeah. Rod. Rod Barnes. Rob Evans. Yeah. Okay. I get those two guys mixed up all the time. The Rod Squad. At the Rob Evans pad. was good. Rod, Rod Barnes was not. 
That's the easiest way to remember them. Um, but yeah, like as we we're saying though, I mean the, the the move of Jordan Davis to defensive end. I mean this is not a squad with a lot of depth. They really need Page to come in, and obviously this goes back to signing day and the loss of Navantike Strong, who I don't know if you follow Brody Miller on Twitter. They keep writing about how great he is. I'm just like, jeez. I don't know that there's a lot of players I'm rooting against more than Navantike Strong. Um, but for State, yeah, Page has got to come in from day one and, and just be a guy that you can count on. And we'll see if that is going to be the guy. My last guy might surprise you because he's sort of an established guy. But Nathan Pickering. You know, you go back to the fall, obviously, he, you know, the rumor was, we never got confirmation, that he did it. He actually contracted the coronavirus and, and it, it, it hurt him. It put, put a hurting on him. Um, don't know if that's accurate or not. I just know that enough people have said it that it probably it's probably some truth in it. So he opts out for the season, and you know State's defensive line still played pretty well, but it was obvious that the depth was an issue there. Now you're hearing that you know they're going to make some moves in there. They want to get Pickering and Crumbity on. Pick, I was going to come in with Pickety. Just combine the two. A super player. Be a heck of a guy. Yeah. What would his name be? Could you imagine like in J- Jathan Jathan Pickety? Yeah. Could you imagine like in MSU history if you had like a Kefrey Jimmins? Oh, like mix up Chris Jones, Jeff Simmons. That's good. Too. That's good. What a guy that'd be. Yeah, I'm trying to think who else. <laughs> Jeff was all good on his own. He didn't need. Yeah, any he didn't help. really need a whole ton of help. <laughs> Could I get? You know, I'm trying to combine like Eric Moulds and Chad Bumpus, Molfus. Mul- I don't know. <laughs> a little bit of everything there. But regardless, Nathan Pickering. You know, they want to try to feature him and Crumity at the same time, which is a great idea. Those are the two best defensive linemen you've got. It also sort of, and I, I use this term, it artificially creates some depth. Because if you've got Crumity at end and, and Pickering out there, but Crumity can also slide down, and, and, and well, you just give yourself some more options there. Well, he does, it's kind of the thing, like with, with Buki watching at linebacker, he can play any of the three. Right. So it artificially, it artificially you, creates he, one he, guy can, can cover yes. different spots. And then I have to assume, like, like we said, if he was out because he was sick, you know, conditioning could be an issue for him. So the spring is very important for that. You know, and you, hopefully he's, he's done a good job as best you best you can with keeping in shape. Well, but, I mean, even if he wasn't sick, you, you still you wonder how good a shape did you stay in if you opted out. Right. Thing. And I don't know the answer. You know, for the guys that opt out and come back, I don't know what they did from a working out perspective. You know, did they opt out of the season but still show up at the facility to get some workouts? I don't know. I, I don't know if the ones that opted out, I, I'm not real sure what the protocol was there. So, uh regardless for him i would think it's probably a, a key time to make sure you're in shape but from a from a player standpoint i have been incredibly impressed with nathan pickering since he stepped foot on campus mm-hmm. and he obviously was pretty productive his freshman year i believe was all sec freshman is that right that is correct um and just from when you talk to him there's a maturity about about nathan pickering mm-hmm. I, i'm not worried about him i think he's a guy that'll put in the work He's a guy that I think come September will be ready to roll. But you're right in that it is a key spring for him to just make sure his footing is back under him from a from a uh, fitness standpoint and, and things, and so he is ready to roll. But beyond that, I think Nathan Pickering's going to bounce back and kind of be what he was yeah. this year. So I, I know it's not a talent issue, and I know it's not a, a mental issue. I, I, I have no. I'm not one of these people who's like, oh, he quit on the team or anything. Mm-hmm. Like that. Even mm-hmm. before uh, 
I, I found out you know what was going on. I was like, hey, he just opted out. Yeah, you know, and I and I don't think it's it's an issue of the team you know, accepting him back. I think that they, they you know he he was always pretty adamant that he would be back, but the, the, he does have to like get himself back into the grind because you know you've been out now, you haven't been practicing or doing anything for you know from what late October to yeah. now. I mean, that's that's not normal for a football player. Yep. The other components that we talked about, though, is why I think it won't be an issue. Mm-hmm. Because he is a mature kid that has a good head on his shoulders and is talented. You know, there are some that, that would opt out and try to come back, and you might be like, mm, I don't I don't know. You know, <laughs> work ethic and everything, you might kind of question it a little bit. With Pickering, what I know of him, unless I'm just totally all base, I, because he... He has those other qualities. I'm not so much worried about him getting back to where he needs to be. I, I think he'll be able to do that. And but you're right, spring is the time for him to, to prove he can do that. And we'll see. We will see. A healthy Nathan, Nathan uh, Pickering will be a huge, huge plus for Mississippi State come this fall. Did I leave a player out that you, you think that you know you're surprised that I missed? Mm. I. I I mean, we we could roll off names, and I mean, I'm interested, like Rufus Harvey, mm-hmm. just because from the local perspective, a guy I covered in high school is he a guy that can have a big spring? And because he he kind of had a health, ran into health issue last year in the fall, I think he had a hamstring issue and things, and wasn't able to work his way into any playing time at all. Now that he's kind of healthy and back, and he work his way at all into that slot rotation. Um, so I, I'm kind of looking at him a little bit. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't, there's several other guys that just kind of come across your mind as mm-hmm. as guys kind of keep an eye on and things like like Albert Reese for it. I mean, he's an offensive lineman, but that's an interesting choice. Though. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't think him. he's going to contribute or anything in year one, but we've heard a lot about how talented. It's just raw talent there. Um, could he come in and immediately impress and mm-hmm. get? Guys, thinking because I mean, you think back to last year, that offensive line took some lumps. And what if that starts happening this year? Who's some of the first guys that you turn to? Mm-hmm. Would you happen to say, "Well, Reese, you're in"? <laughs> you know, I don't know. So there, there's there's definitely some names that could this spring establish themselves as options, um, as guys that you could turn to if things kind of start to go off the rails a little bit. Whether that's a, a Rufus Harvey or whether it's a Albert Reese, or you, you pick your player of choice. But there, there's a few of those kind of guys. We'll see what happens with them. I feel like State's kind of, though, at a lot of spots, established, you know? Well, established might not be the right word, but you sort of... Because, I, I mean, if you say, like, go back a year, right? Kylan Hill was established. Guy was a leading rusher in the SEC. You knew he's locked in. I mean, is anybody truly locked in as a starter? I'll say this. Whenever I... Maybe last Charles week Cross. I was... Yeah. Last week when I was putting together my stuff for Athlon Sports for their football preview mm-hmm. thing. I, it was pretty easy to go through and, and write out the starting group. I mean, I'm not saying that come fall, that's who it'll be. But, it like, at quarterback, you know to put Will Rogers at the top of the depth chart right now. Right. You just – will he be there come September? I don't know. But it's pretty easy right now today to say that he's probably going to be the starter. Um, and I, I found that to be the case at most positions. I mean – I don't know that there's any one position that you circle and you think this spring there's a humongous position battle for this. I 
maybe some of the safety spots. That, that would be the only places that I could kind of look at as any major competition. I mean, both your cornerback slots are – you know who the starters are there. Yeah. Um. Uh, up front, I, I guess they're – the end, you know, it, it, that's a little tough. Yeah. I mean, I feel, I, I, I feel I like Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis and, and Randy Charlton and, yeah. are probably those two guys. But, I mean, if you want to say Odom or – yeah, or Jack Harris even or something. I don't Outside know. of Cross, I would say Cross, two corners, and I know that Wally's going to start. Even with Little Rogers, yeah, he's top of the depth chart. But I have said before, if I come out of the spring and they say Jack Abraham's ahead, you're not. Floored. I'm not totally shocked. So established is a, is a tough word. You know. Like well, maybe I, I said maybe I used the wrong word there. I'm not criticizing you, Joel. Just quit being so sensitive. You hurt my feelings, man. <laughs> just just crush me. No, I I don't know. There's some years where you go into the spring and there are positions where you flip a coin as to who's going to be yeah. there. I don't feel like quarterback's a coin flip, you know? No, I don't, I don't feel I don't, like... I, don't, no. I think there's a bunch of spots where it's not a coin flip. Right. Where there is a guy that is a... I, I don't want to say an obvious favorite, but a, a little bit of a favorite at, at most spots. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, let's uh, let's move on over to baseball. Not a whole lot to talk about there, but we will talk about it. And that's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Again, I saw a lot of you guys up in Starkville doing some shopping this weekend. Glad that you made Welcome Home Beef one of your stops. You just can't go wrong with their incredible products. These are guys who've been in the beef business their whole lives. I mean, they know the cow, and they know how to not only you know get the best cuts to you, but the best way to prepare them as well. If you ever follow my friend Scott Sanders, one of the Sanders brothers who runs that uh. Who runs Welcome Home Beef? He is constantly putting up incredible videos of some beef that he's cooked, and he—I mean—he's happy to share the secrets with you. So give him a follow on Twitter if you haven't uh, already. And then once you know what, once you know how to cook it, go buy it. Welcome Home Beef will be happy to set you up with a package of of products that you will be incredibly pleased with. And of course, if you're one of the lucky ones up here in North Mississippi that has Welcome Home Beef on the shelf of your local grocery store, all you've got to do is run by there and pick up a steak a roast, some burgers, and you'll be eating good tonight. Call Welcome Home Beef at 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. And one thing is for sure, when it's... Nope, not yet. Usually it's, usually it's after sure. I was ready. You, you, you balked. That's a balk. Yeah, it was a balk. going to take a base there. False start, five-yard anyway, penalty. What do I need to know about Welcome Home Beef? It just tastes good. All right. Our good friends over at Two Brothers, they were hopping this weekend, and they'll be hopping again every weekend because they are one of Starkville's finest restaurants. So many great local restaurants here in Starkville, but, man, Two Brothers, really close to the top, if not number one, I'll be honest with you. Love going there, always have a great time, never have any complaints. It's great staff, friendly people, and then the food is just fantastic. Wings, nachos, burgers, sandwiches, tacos. And the list goes on and on. It's not just barbecue. It's so much more than barbecue. It is Southern Smoked Soul Food. 621 University Drive, Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Our good friends at Advantage Business Systems wants to help you out. They've got an Easter basket for you. That's what's coming up here. They've got, on one side of the basket, all the products and services you need to make sure your office is running with peak efficiency. But they've also got in that basket the great customer service you want and you get from a local business. That's what they are. They're a local business that's big enough to serve any of your needs, and that's a great package for you. 
They will help you get your business going the way you want it to, just like they've been helping businesses here in Mississippi for nearly 50 years. You don't stay in business that long unless you're doing something right. Find out what Advantage Business Systems is doing right today. Call them at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. You'll find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Uh, pretty uh, consensus, as you, as you might imagine, dropping in the polls uh, across the board. Only dropped down to fifth in Baseball America, dropped down to eighth in D1 Baseball. I think the lowest was uh, in perfect game down to 13th. That's correct. Uh, the Collegiate Baseball t- uh, wrote an article today about how Mississippi State should just disband its program because obviously it's never going to be good again. <laughs> no, what were they in, in that? In that, I think they were 12. Hold on a second. I'm pulling it up on cowbellcorner.com. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was 12 in Collegiate Baseball. 12, so a low of 13, but as high as 5th in, in the Baseball yeah, America They, they were 7th in USA Today. Yeah. Um, the NCBWA, which is National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, right. has not yet released as, as we, we record. As we record It'll yeah. release sometime in the PM on Monday. I saw that the SEC named Matt Goodhart SEC Player of the Week. I don't think anybody who was at Duty Noble Field will argue with that selection. Maybe Christian Franklin would. I don't know. Yeah. But Goodhart, and Goodhart it was good all three days. Franklin did not have a great game on Sunday. Um and now it's just a rebound week for Mississippi State. They will take on uh, Mississippi Valley later tonight as you're listening. We'll talk to Chris Limonis, or we will have talked to Chris Limonis on Monday's uh, Sports Talk Mississippi. I would assume they will probably stick with Mikey Tepper in that uh, starting role, but uh, they'll go the whole staff route uh, once again. I think you might. As you listen, you'll know. Saratola? Yeah. Why not? I would definitely give him an inning. I, I, think, I, I think without question you'll see him at least an inning. Yeah. Might get the start. Do you give him the start? I don't know. I, I, I'm with Sarantola. I'm starting to think there's a lingering thing going on here. Maybe just let him come out of the bullpen. Well, here's my thing. If he's ever going to help you on the weekend the rest of the year, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be out of the pen. Yeah. So just so let him come out of the pen. It, just go ahead and get him used to doing that. Yes. I agree. Yeah, I, I would. I, I'll be honest with you. I would have given Sarantola the ninth on Saturday. Just kind of a garbage inning. Hey, yeah. yeah. Is there a difference between him shut? If he shut him down, great. And if we if you give up six runs, who cares? You were still losing. Doesn't really make a huge difference to me. Uh, but I, yeah, Sarantola will definitely get an ending. I would be amazed if he didn't on on, uh, on Tuesday against Mississippi Valley. And like I said on yesterday's show, I, I just expect the lineup to look a little different. I'll find out for sure a little later today because I'm going to ask that of, of Chris Limonis. But just just you know just to get. Get your your guys who might be struggling to be you know come off the field and sort of see see things from the dugout for just a little bit and then from the other side to get some guys some at bats because you know you got to start figuring out hey who who can I can really rely on the rest of the way Mississippi State's in a position to me right now where I would circle my best hitters whoever they are and I'd put them as close to the top of the order as I could you know the heck with this like Luke Hancock for instance he's hitting fifth right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. You want one of your better hitters hitting in the heart of your order. But State's in a spot right now where I want my best hitters getting as many at-bats in the game as possible. Mm-hmm. And so for me right now, I don't know who I would hit leadoff, but I think I would do something like hit Tanner Allen at second and Luke Hancock at third. You know, mm-hmm. put put Hancock or put like Tanner at, at, at number two in the order and, and Hancock at number three in the order and maybe leave Cam James at, at four. Mm-hmm. I mean, because then, right... Is that who you is, is that the three right now that you have the most confidence in as yeah. hitters? Tanner Allen, Luke Hancock, Cameron James. 
Yeah, Logan Tanner has got has. I have confidence in him. Or bump him much. up to five, or, yeah. or maybe I, maybe you do something silly and let Tanner Allen lead off. I don't know. That would be but, interesting. I mean, it sort of goes back to when they let Bro- Brent Rooker hit second. You know. Yeah. And then, but I want staff, but I, I want my best hitters batting as many times as possible over the course of nine innings. Because yeah. right now, look, I think Josh Hatcher may eventually figure it out. Rowdy Jordan and all those guys may eventually figure it out. Probably will. They usually do. Mm-hmm. But right now, they're not hitting. So yeah. until then, I want them hitting as least as possible, and I want Tanner Allen and, and Luke Hancock and Cameron James hitting as, as much as possible. And Skinner and uh, Forsyth have been pretty consistent hitters so far. So when they when they're in the lineup, you know you're not you're not just tapping out you know six through nine basically. You know you, if you can have Forsyth and Skinner down there, you've got some guys who can do some things, and then you see what happens with Jordan and Hatcher. But yeah, I mean I, I kind of think if. I don't know what the condition of Braylon Skinner's knee is. You can ask that question as well. We're going to find that out yeah. today. But um, if he's back to full health, I want to see him for an extended period in that leadoff spot, like yeah. a full week. Yeah. Let, let's see what he can do. Yeah, I think you would have. And, gotten and I that. think he would have gotten it had he not gotten pegged in the knee. But yeah. we'll see. And, and I mean, you know, just spitballing here and drawing out that lineup. If you did it that way, if you lead off with Skinner, and well, here, here you go. If you do that. And, and you follow the Joel lineup here, then you're sticking three lefties right at the top of your order with uh, Skinner and then Tanner Allen and Luke Hancock. What's well, lefty, lefty, lefty to start the game? I don't know if Chris Lamonis would be thrilled about that, but I guess you could always throw Cam James in the three-hole, Luke Hancock in the four or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could you could play with it. But bottom line is I want my best hitters hitting as much as possible right now. And like you said, it's not like you're just forfeiting the A-B when Rowdy Jordan comes up there. Rowdy Jordan, if he's hitting in your 7 or 8 hole in your lineup, mm-hmm. it's not a bad 7 or 8 hole hitter, right? No, not <laughs> so, at all. So, I mean, and it's not like when you write a lineup, you got to keep it the rest of the year, too. Mm-hmm. But I, I would, I'm certainly at the point with the lineup where if I'm Chris Lamonis, I would tinker. Yeah. Another name we haven't mentioned, Kite McDonald. I want to see him get some at-bats, too. I mean, he's been good when he's hit. So I want, I want to see what he can bring to the table as well. Like I said, the, the, this game against Valley gives you an opportunity to, to... Well, most likely you're going to see everybody on the roster again. You are, it's but I want, be, to, I want to see these guys start. Yeah. You know, and let let Hatcher and Rowdy have a couple of innings where they're just in the dugout and, and just watching the game. And, and sometimes that does something for it. It does. It helps, it, it helps them reset, refocus, however you want to put it. So we'll see. All right, tomorrow's show is The Rumblings. Joel, why don't you just go ahead and fire off that tweet for us right now, and we'll get some questions in here for us to answer. We'll recap that Mississippi Valley game on our Thursday show, along with our positional breakdown, where we'll look even more in-depth at the wide receiver position. And, of course, Thursday show, we'll also uh, have, I guess, we'll have to do a little preview uh, for Mississippi State-Kentucky as well. So a lot to talk about on Thursday. That'll be a big show. Friday's show will be uh, the very rare uh, baseball recap. Uh, of an SEC game on this show because it is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. We'll record Thursday night uh, after the ball game. Guys, have a great week, uh, great Tuesday, and we'll be back with you on Wednesday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.